The following podcast is a proud member of the Blue Collar Roots Network. Find all the shows by visiting bluecollarroots.com. It's like your favorite call-in radio show, without being able to call in, and without being on the radio. Building HVAC Science with Bill Spone. Welcome back to another episode of the Building HVAC Science Podcast. Today we're doing a crossover episode. My friend Eric Stromquist of stromquist.com, S-T-R-O-M-Q-U-I-S-T.com, which is a second-generation controls distributor based out of Atlanta, is actually going to be on my show as I was on his show recently. Now, we picked a specific topic, but there's a really wide-ranging list of topics we covered in this episode. We discussed our thoughts and opinions on how hard it is to actually get access to people and sort of ending up with the fact that cold calling is dead. Closed versus open architecture and building automation systems. How sweet C-suite execs now focus more on productivity, which actually ties into all building systems. How the internet's changed the way information's shared. Basically, knowledge hoarding is dead. And you know that from all the people we associate with that we share information quite freely. And the psychological effects of improper lighting and much, much more. So Eric actually teams up with Ken Smyers to manage a ton of educational and informative resources centered around building controls and automation that you'll find at controltrends.org. Now, they even have their own awards ceremony that takes place before the AHR Expo. And if you want to check out the show notes, I've got a couple links to the YouTube, because that's the way Eric does his recording, his podcasting actually does the YouTube, to the YouTube episode I was on with him, as well as the podcast link if you want to listen on audio or subscribe to Control Trends Now podcast. Okay, enough of me talking. Let's hear what Eric Stromquist has to say about smart buildings and HVAC controls. Welcome, Eric. How are you doing? Bill, I'm doing great. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. I'm a big, big fan of your podcast. So. Thank you very much. Honored to be here. Oh, yeah. And we're going to do a trade-off here pretty soon. I'm going to be on Eric's podcast, too. And what is your podcast that you're doing now? Well, it's called Control Talk Now, which stands for the News of the Week. It's a weekly podcast we do. It's the, called the HVAC and Smart Buildings Podcast. And we sort of, again, focus on the news of the week, the trends we're seeing. Our website is controltrends.com. We sort of focus on the trends that are coming because if you're like most of us, I mean, if you're working in this industry, you don't have much time to lift your head up and look around. So we try to bring that news to you. So I detected a hint of a Southern accent there. <laughs> so, <laughs> Just a little bit. So why don't you tell us about where you're from and what you've been doing all this time? Yeah. Well, I'm born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm an SOB, <laughs> son of boss. My dad came over from Sweden, hence the name Stromquist, kind of one of the great American success stories. He started his business and grew it. My brother, David, and I bought him out. So we kind of work in the trenches day to day at Stromquist.com and we're master distributor of HVAC controls and building automation controls and stuff like that. You got a great company, great website. So for some of the people listening, I mean, let's plug the website. Like, what do you carry? What brands, what kind of products, where do they go? Oh, that's a great question. Well, it's pretty much the major ones in terms of HVAC controls. We're very, very large Honeywell distributor, Bolimo, Johnson Controls, Siemens. We do all the flame safety stuff. We do some of the same stuff you guys do with the Testo and some of the instruments like that. But it's primarily if, like, if you've got a mod motor that went down or a direct coupled actuator or a sensor, 
we stock all those. We keep about $3 million worth of inventory in Atlanta. So uh, it's really sort of geared towards the HVAC service contractor, but also to the integrators, master systems integrators, because we do a lot of building automation controls. So people will come in and we'll help them with a Honeywell system or Johnson or Siemens or Linkspring or whatever. So we kind of handle multiple brands because not every device is going to fit the need your customer needs. You know, so much diversity out there. So going back to the podcast that you do, Control Talk Now, I looked at it just this morning and I think I saw episode number 310 from about three days ago. Awesome. Congratulations. Well, thank you, my friend. Like I guess I'm a big fan of your podcast too. And I think we both see the value in it, obviously, because we're both committed to it. But yeah, no, I appreciate that. And what, I guess I'll just ask you straight out and we'll do this on my podcast too. What got you interested in podcasting? And then I'll tell you what got me interested. <laughs> it was Brian Orr who did the HVAC School podcast, HVACRschool.com. And he approached me, and I think it was fall of 17, and he said he'd like to build a network, and he thought I had some good topics and had sort of that educational thread running through me, if you will, and the willingness to share. And so he gave me a few lessons and a couple others, and we formed a little network called bluecollarroots.com. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So there's like four of us, I think, now in the network that are doing things. And we're sort of branching off and doing our own things, but he was sort of the generator of the idea. Yeah. And you run a day-to-day business like I do with your HVAC tech tools. So it was interesting for me because my primary function at Stromquist and Company is sales and marketing. When I first got involved in the industry, it was pretty easy to get access to people because if you went to a manufacturing facility or if you went to a hospital or even went to see a contractor, I mean, the staffs were kind of bloated, right? So if you had a salesman showing up with donuts, it was you could get access. You could get in and you could sit down and have donuts and talk to people because it sure as heck beat working, right? So access was not a problem, right? But now the maintenance staffs have gotten so truncated. And obviously with security issues, you cannot just walk into a hospital, the back door of a hospital anymore without getting shot. So for me, part of the podcast and part of the whole social media thing is I think that To be successful in business, whether you're a contractor or a distributor like we are, I mean, you have to have outside people. You have to have technical people that can provide support or show up on the job site when a customer needs that. But for me to send outside salespeople out to cold call and try to do that is the most expensive part of my business. It just, it doesn't make sense because they can't get access. They can't get in. So it's kind of money thrown away. So the point I'm trying to make, Bill, is whatever your business is, you have to be easily found. And I think one of the ways to do that is to obviously create some value like you do with your podcast and hopefully we do with ours so that you're educating people. But then when they need a product like a Testo or something, they're going to remember you and hopefully go to your website and it works out that way. Yeah, I think one of the buzzwords you hear out there is mindshare. And it doesn't, some people might interpret that as being sort of insidious, like you're trying to invade and live in somebody's brain, but you're not. You want to be there helping them. And so when they need help that you can provide, you can provide it, whether it's educational help or it's products or it's designs, it's whatever they need. And just be sure that they're aware of you and what you can do to help. And that's a really interesting sort of picture you painted there about the way things used to be, which is very different than the way things are today. Really is. And another thing, Bill, too, that at least when I first got in the business, I don't know how it was when you got in the business, too, but if you had knowledge, that was your differentiator. So you didn't readily share that, right? Because people would come to you because, hey, Bill knows how to do this, or Eric knows how to do this, or if you're a contractor, well, we've got this specialized knowledge. Well, when the internet came along, I mean, that all went out the window. I mean, if you're trying to hoard knowledge, you can forget about it because you can Google anything and find it. So 
you sort of have to go counterintuitive with that. If you know a lot, instead of trying to hoard it, you really need to share it. And through the sharing, I think, like you said, you become top of mind with people, hopefully, when they need your product or service. I think there's also sort of an outlook difference that people possess. And I call it the outlook of abundance, which I probably learned in some class some years ago. But there's plenty of business out there. You don't need to scavenge and hide and constrain that the sharing actually does good for everyone. It's not in everyone's makeup, but I think it's been powerful for me. Well, you know, you say that, and it's interesting because on Control Control Talk Now, we talk a lot, and we deal with a lot with some of the people from Silicon Valley on that because they're starting to come into our space, the smart building control space and stuff like that. But there's a term that's been bandied around because the technology is changing so fast, especially on the smart building control side, which is co-competition or co-comp. I never get the word right. Kenny Smyers, my co-host, would kill me for that, but it's co-opetition or whatever. And basically the point being, that now with building services, you can't be all things to all people. So you and I might be competing together on a job today, and tomorrow we might be partnering on a job, right? And the next day we might be competing again. So what we're seeing on the integrator side is that really you're trading off of your integrity because you have to be sort of counterintuitive. Like I said, you and I might knock heads today, and tomorrow we might be cooperating on a job, but there sort of has to be that one of our integrators coined it, we're in the integrity economy. I mean, you're only as good as your word. And then what gets really dicey is, like you say, competing one day and cooperating the next day. But we're seeing that as a big trend sort of at the integration side. Are you seeing that sort of with, with some of the community you talk to? I think so. Like, I'm not afraid of competitors. I really like to see them thrive and survive because our true interest is in the customer. It's in solving the customer's problem. I use a statement, there's plenty of good work to be done to engage in fighting. You can look at it many different ways in terms of energy savings. You can look at it in terms of the environment. You can look in terms of human comfort and productivity. There's just a lot of good work that needs to be done. There's a lot of solutions out there, and we need to bring them to bear. Yeah, I like this concept you're talking about. I think it goes back to sort of the, what I call the gig economy. I don't call it that, but a lot of people do, where there's systems like Upwork and people doing side hustles and things like that. Maybe we could consider our podcast here as a side hustle. Yeah, where you get involved in something and you may be doing it one day and, and change and working with a different team of people the very next day. So going back to that topic, I just sort of breezed over real quick. Talk about productivity. And before we started our conversation here, our recorded conversation, you introduced me to a concept, the 1X, 10X, 100X, and when it comes to buildings. Why don't you explain that for our listeners, please? Yeah, we'd be glad to. One of the trends we're seeing is that the owners, the building owners and the CEOs and stuff like that. I mean, if you think about it, they've got these buildings, it's very, very competitive for them. So they need to find ways to make their building more competitive. And typically my integrators, the people we were typically dealing with, they would go in and sell a system based on we can save you this much energy, right? So the 330, 300 or 1X, 10X, 100X basically states for a square foot and the numbers might vary depending on where you're at, but the ratio stays the same. But Let's say in Georgia, for instance, if you're a building owner, you're roughly spending $3 per square foot on energy. You're spending $30 a square foot to build the space and put everything in it. But then you're spending $300 or more per square foot for the people that are actually in that space. And this is really encouraging news for our community, and I think yours too, because you deal with a lot of HVAC control pros like we do. What they're focusing on now is not so much the energy anymore. They're focusing on that $300 number, meaning that they are very aware of the studies that have been done, that if they can get the temperature, the humidity, the lighting, and the environment right, people are going to be less sick and they can effectuate and be more productive when they're at work. 
so they can effectuate that $300 number. So think about it. If you can do 10% more productive on the $300 number versus 10% more energy savings, you're going to take that $300 number all the time. And so are the building owners. So again, the big trend we're seeing, Bill, is that the owners themselves, the CFOs and the CEOs are very aware of this concept. So they're pushing that down to the people your community and my community are dealing with saying, hey, how is this going to affect the productivity of the people in the space? And the really savvy ones, Bill, are starting to use this as a marketing tool, right? Because you're competing against the guy down the street. Well, if your people come work in my space because of the temperature control system and the lighting system and everything else we have, your people are going to be more productive. Here's the studies that show that. So that's one key piece. They can use it to market their buildings differently because they compete just like we do. The second thing is the millennials. I mean, if you don't have a space that rocks and rolls in an environment, it's hard enough to get them to come to work anyway, right? Not that they don't work, but they would rather work remotely or whatever. Yeah, be more in control of their space. And, and I think the interesting thing is that the energy cost and the building cost both play into the cost for the employee to maintain it. So there might be a little bit more use, perhaps probably less you'd spend on energy if you get your building under control. You might spend more in your building, but sort of a shifting of costs within that matrix. If you can do it either on a retrofit or a repair upgrade basis or on a new construction basis. Agreed. And here's another thing that was, and you probably have heard of this. Have you heard of a concept called Comfy? How do you spell that? It was actually a product. And here was what was really amazing. Because if most of your listeners, just like most of mine and you probably too, are familiar with a concept called the placebo thermostat where you basically just, you put a thermostat in a space, it's not hooked up to anything. And then psychologically, people think they're able to control it, but you're still controlling the energy, right? Because you don't want to give them control over the heating and the cooling. So this company out of Silicon Valley called Comfy, who Siemens just recently bought, had a different approach. And it was kind of astounding, the results. So their approach was they had an app. And if, Bill, if you were in this space and you were too hot, you just go, I'm too hot. And it would go to the system. It would give you five minutes worth of cooling, right? And then you keep hitting until you were cool. And same thing if you were too cold. And then when you were satisfied, you hit that and said, I'm comfy, right? To my mind, I'm kind of going, this would be absolutely nuts. You're going to drive your energy costs through the roof. But here's what happened. It was exactly the opposite. They save more energy with this comfy concept then they were worth any energy management they'd done. So it was really counterintuitive to how I would have thought it would work. Wow. So that's very interesting. And I think the aspect there too is that there's the person deciding, and this sort of relates back to a standard you're probably familiar with, the ASHRAE 55 standard about, I think it's thermal comfort for humans, or, or I think it might just be comfort overall for humans in the built environment. And there's a good friend of mine who is on my podcast in really the, or one of the early episodes, Robert Bean. I don't know if you're familiar with Robert. He does a lot of instruction and education about human comfort. And it's like you build for people and a good building follows that, that you'll get good energy, you'll get a durable building, get good resilience. But if you build it for people. Yeah, I think you have to. And I think that, again, the millennials are driving a lot of this because if you're in commercial real estate, you realize that that's the group that's coming in. And so if you're a landlord, you have to give them these sort of tools and they like it, right? Because I think they are environmentally conscious, but they like to be in control. They're used to controlling stuff with their phones. And it's kind of like the buildings are starting to follow the home. I mean, think about the stuff that you have in the home with your app and you're able to control this and you control that. That is the expectation now in the commercial buildings and will be going forward. And I think it actually came from cars drove us to put controls in buildings or at homes and then into buildings. Right. right? Very cool. 
I want to take a moment and mention one of the sponsors of the Building HVAC Science podcast. That's Build Equinox. Build Equinox is the manufacturer of the Serve 2. That's the conditioning ERV. Of course, an ERV is an energy recovery ventilator. I like to call it a smart ventilator as it decides when to run based on integrated sensors. This very unique product contains a one-third horsepower variable speed heat pump to positively transfer more of the sensible and latent energy between this ERV's ventilation and exhaust streams. I'm so impressed with this product, I'll be using it in my own personalized performance home scheduled for occupancy by summer of 2020. So surf on over to www.buildequinox.com to learn more about the Serve 2, which by the way is American designed and made in a solar powered factory in Urbana, Illinois. Also look for an episode of the Building HVAC Science Podcast, where I interview the inventor, Ty Newell. And when you get in touch, tell them the Building HVAC Science Podcast sent you. Thanks. Let's talk a little bit about sort of your partner in crime who helps you out here, a friend of mine from the Pittsburgh area, which is where I'm from, Ken Smyers. Yeah. How'd you hook up with Ken? Well, kind of an interesting story. Yeah, that's right. I saw you were from Pittsburgh, and you know, obviously, it's go Steelers, right? So, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you know Kenny, I told you earlier in the show that I came from a family business. I was in a family business, and Kenny was from a family business. So, this goes back probably 20 years ago, Bill. I'm at a Johnson Controls meeting, and I'm sitting next to this guy, and it was actually Ken Smyers. I'd never met him before. And he says, I'm Ken. I'm Eric. He says, what do you do? I said, well, I'm just doing HVAC controls. I'm going to be a painter one day. Because at the time I was getting up every morning and painting, I thought I was going to be a painter. And Kenny goes, well, that's cool. I'm just working in the family business. I want to be a writer one day. I'm going to be a great novelist. So we would see each other at the meetings over time. And Kenny would go, I'd ask him what he was writing. He asked me what I was painting. We always talked about art while we were at these meetings. And then I didn't see him for several years. And during that time period, I started Control Trends. And I started it for a couple reasons. The first reason I started it, Bill, was that I would walk to our sales office and I'd hear one of my inside salespeople saying, no, it's on the back of this point. You have to take this off. And you look down in the right-hand corner. And I would hear this conversation going four or five times. I kept telling my people, somebody needs to get a video camera and video that so we can just send them a copy of it instead of everybody trying to explain it. And one day I just got frustrated and I went and bought the video camera. So that was the first thing. The second thing was I was like the largest Honeywell distributor in the country. And I would go online and I'd type in Honeywell Atlanta. We wouldn't show up anywhere. And so I said, why aren't we showing up? They go, what's the thing called SEO? And what's that? They explained to me, well, how do I get it? Well, you should start a blog. So I'm sitting in my office one day, a semen salesman comes in and because although I am a salesperson by trade, I just get tired of the presentations. And I've got the video camera sitting there. All this is going through my head. So he goes, I want to show you this new product. I said, okay, let's go downstairs and uh, I'm going to video you doing the product. And that was my first video. And then I started the website. And then I started putting the videos up on the website. So I started Control Trends that way. So fast forward about a year, and because you've got a website, I mean, coming up with content every day is really, really, really difficult. Now, this is an industry secret, so your people cannot rat Kenny out when I tell this story, okay? (laughs) So everybody promise on the network, you cannot rat Kenny out because he'll get in big trouble for this. So I'm at a meeting, and I see Kenny. I hadn't seen him in years, and I go, how's your writing coming, Kenny? He goes, man, I hadn't written in a long time. And a light bulb went up. I said, Kenny, I got an idea for you. He goes, what's that? I said, look, you need to come write for my blog. Because I need somebody to write for my blog. He goes, no, no, I can't do that. The family and the industry, there's just no way I can get away with this. No, no, Kenny, I got an idea. You can write a blog 
called the good, the bad, the ugly. And Kenny, we'll call you Clint. I'll protect you. <laughs> so I got a picture of Clint Eastwood. And then Kenny started, because Kenny's just this amazing writer anyway. So he wrote this, The Good, The Bad, and Ugly. I think one of the first ones he wrote was on the Nest thermostat, The Good, The Bad, and Ugly. And to this day, I mean, we get 100 hits a day on that post. It's still our, one of our number one posts. So Kenny was Clint for many, many years. And the vendors would call me, who is this Clint guy? I have to protect my sources. So your community knows. I can never tell my community that Kenny is really the original Clint. <laughs> That's how we got started. We started blogging, and then we came up with the idea of the podcasting. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I'm like, I've never met a camera or microphone I didn't like. So it was like, I said, I want to know how this stuff works. We'll just start a podcast. And so we started Control Talk Now, uh, the Smart Buildings podcast, and we've been doing it ever since. So it's a good time. It's been about six years. How long has it been? Yeah. We're actually hitting our 10-year anniversary on Control Trends, but it was about two or three years in before we actually started the podcast. Got it. And the interesting thing is Ken Smyer's sister went to grade school with my wife. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, gosh. So it's just like the Smyers and the Monahans, right? I mean, I've heard all this. It does. It, it comes around. It comes around. Yeah. This is great. Yes. It's good stuff. Well, this is awesome. It didn't even occur to me that you would know Kenny. So this is, he's going to be disappointed he didn't get to be on the podcast. But. I was thinking he might like sneak in here, but maybe we'll get him on, have his view of things. That would be great. And of course, you got to come on our podcast, so we'll introduce you to our community as well. Absolutely. So you also do this thing called Control Trends Awards. When did that start and what's that about? Well, we've done our eighth. So we're kind of, okay, so again, most of my motivation is try to create content, right? So the altruistic story is every industry has a way to honor their superstars, right? I mean, you got the Hall of Fame, you got the Grammys, you got this, you got that. And I was going, man, but our industry doesn't have anything like that. So we're going to have the superstars. So originally, I was trying to get more content. So I came up with this idea for the Control Trends Awards. And essentially, what I was trying to do is I wanted the vendors to start writing content and come on my show, do videos for me so that we could create more video content. So I had it all planned out, Bill. I had this green screen. I had all this B-roll footage of people at the Academy Awards and all. I was actually going to do the awards in my warehouse. We're going to have a voting thing. And hey, congratulations, Bill. You just got nominated for the Control Trends Awards. Why don't you come on the show and talk about your product so that when the people vote, you have a chance to win? Was well, it turned out? I put this idea out and then people go, well, how do we get involved? We'd like to sponsor this. It's a great idea. Our industry doesn't have anything like that. So we started the Control Trends Awards and we did our eighth one this year. And it's turned out to be just an amazing industry event. So any of your community, we need to get them involved. We'd love to have any of them involved with it. But it's uh, different categories like the manufacturer of the year, most innovative product of the year, best tech support person of the year. We got to think of the young guns because we're really trying to attract younger people into our industry. But Bill, we ham it up, man. We have the models. We have the red carpet. You get interviewed on the red carpet. If you were there, go, hey, Bill, that's really a, who are you wearing here? And you go, well, I'm wearing a Dwyer shirt, my Dwyer or whatever, right? <laughs> But so we did the first couple of them and it was like, it was amazing because I get these calls from people that won and they go, man, dude, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. My kids saw the video. They actually think I'm cool now. So, <laughs> so it's that kind of thing. But yeah, it's, it's really great. It's turned out to be a really wonderful event. We do it every year. There's a nomination period, there's a voting period, and then obviously the awards itself, we pull all the stops out. So it's a big party. You get to come, you party. We have the MC, we have entertainment, and if you win the awards, we play the music and you get up on stage, you get your picture taken, all that good stuff. Wow. So where can someone find out more about this? Yeah, yeah. It's controltrends.com is the website. We've actually booked Orlando next year. We always do it in conjunction with AHR. So it's a Sunday night before AHR. 
and we booked BB Kings down there in Orlando this year. We did the Fox in Atlanta last year, but it's always that Sunday night before AHR. So I think that's February next year, if I'm not mistaken. Is it controltrends.com or .org? It's actually both. I just think .com sounds better, so I always just say .com. Okay, got it. But they both point to the same direction. So something that's obviously very important to the spaces people occupy, whether it's home, residential, like commercial, like we sort of focus on with our clients and you work on bigger buildings and controls, air quality, indoor air quality. What's going on? What are some of the trends there in air quality that that either are being driven by the home or being driven by uh, smart building management? That's a great question because that goes right into the productivity part, as you know. I mean, if you get too much carbon dioxide in there or whatever, I mean, people could fall asleep or whatever. So getting the ventilation right is obviously a huge piece. There are different ways to do that. We actually uh, just put a couple of videos up on our YouTube channel. We're sort of walking through the basics of indoor air quality. But we're seeing a lot more of that is coming through. The, you can obviously come through the front end system or you can use your economizer. But getting that set up properly is really a key piece. And that gets back to your audience and my audience because they're typically the ones that are doing that. The other thing we're seeing is there's some really cool sensors coming out. There's one called AWARE, A-W-A-R-E. Have you seen that one at all? Yeah, A-W-A-I-R, I think. that. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. Which is pretty cool. We actually met this guy at Realcom Ibicon, which is where the building owners go to get, sort of get educated. And we go out there and cover that conference. And they have a fill-in for their guys doing all their videos. And we got to meet this guy. And he had just come out to Realcom Ibicon and was introducing the product to the commercial side of it. But as you know, man, it's got multiple sensors that are built into it and dealing with multiple contaminants. So that is a really cool product. So- I think there's a lot of products that are turning into, even consumer-grade products are turning into controls with some external things like, and I'm no expert in this, but if this, then that, or you can work with a API that will actually go out to the net and come back and follow sort of a recipe, if you will, and then do something with your ventilation system in your home. So I'm sure that's sort of a waterfall effect of what's coming out of the larger buildings, would you say? Yes, I think so. As you know, code requires that they have a certain amount of ventilation that comes in and then, but how you do that and getting that right is a trick that it really takes an HVAC control for like, like your audience and like our audience to sort of get that piece right. The other product that we're seeing a lot of, there are a couple of versions of it. GPS is one of them. And then there's another company called iAir that they use the same sensor technology. And that is a really cool technology. Among other things, it kills odor in the buildings, but it reduces the mold, all the other contaminants. And it's an ionization type product, but there's something different about it. Some of those ionization products, they might not be so good for you, but this particular technology is sort of rocks and rolls a little bit with that. And I put one of those in my home. We had some dogs and we had three units and literally put it in the bottom unit. We were going up to stall the other two. When I came back down, I mean, the odor was completely gone. So we're seeing those as sensors too. What about you? Are you familiar with that type of sensor? Not so well. We see the photocatalytic oxidation that that's happening a lot. I think that's coming from the commercial world into residential. And then then I actually have in my house, I was given a unit to evaluate that uses electrostatic charge to cause particles to bundle together. And then fall. Yeah, either fall or they come back around in the distribution area and they're trapped in like a MERV-8 filter. Not So you don't have like a MERV-13 or anything like that. Tiny particles can be treated so when they come back around for the next pass, they get picked up in the filter. 
I did some really crude testing on my own house, and it was for like a two or three day period. And I saw the particulate level drop like by 50%. The small particles dropped 50%. And I've never gone back and really studied the crap out of it, but I've seen a, a difference. Because it's those little particles the ones that are going to get you, not the big ones, those little ones, right? That you don't, don't see. So when they clump together, and yeah. Wow, wow, wow. And actually, before our conversation here today, I was reading something on the EPA looking at low-cost indoor air quality sensors and setting up a first-pass voluntary standard that has some scientific basis on it to start to move because of the proliferation of sensors. How do you choose one? What are they really doing for you? So the EPA is getting involved with that. Well, it's good stuff because you got to get the air right. You got to get your air and your water right. And I think it's just fundamental to everybody being healthy. So when we were talking about the productivity issues, and we talked about this offline before the recording started, is you had mentioned lighting. And I find that very interesting because that's sort of not in the normal purview for HVAC control. So tell me about lighting. Well, it's really interesting because lighting has such a psychological effect, Bill, and there have been all kinds of studies on it. But one of the vendors we handle is a company called Distech Controls, for example, and they're owned by Acuity. So they obviously have the lighting connection and we've done the studies. But they'll actually use a change of light color. They'll tune the lights as a first stage of cool or a first stage of heat. So, for example, if there's a call for heat, they'll cool the lights down as a first stage. And same thing if, if there's a call for uh, cooling, they'll warm the lights up. So that works really well. So as a first stage, a lot of times that will take care of it. And we had uh, Martin Villeneuve, the uh, president of Distech, was on our show last week. And he was telling us, like, for example, in Paris, the subway, there's no heating and cooling there. Everything is done with changing the temperature of the light. Oh, that's wild. <laughs> yeah. So there's a big thing with that. And if you think about it, it's when you get the lights cooler, you feel cooler. And that would be, when I say cooler, like a more of a bluish tint versus more of an orange or a yellow tint and vice versa. So a lot of the studies with the productivity have gotten around the fact that during different times of the day, like, for example, after lunch, if you have the lights too warm, it sort of takes what you're already doing, which is probably feeling kind of tired and wanting to take a nap, and it has you want to even take more. So by cooling the lights down, you can sort of bring people back to maybe being more alert. Okay, so let's explore uh, sort of this broader topic of in indoor environmental quality briefly and, and talk about noise, say noise coming from systems. Do you ever get complaints for that or ways to handle that for buildings? We don't deal with the equipment side so much, Bill. I haven't. I'm not aware of those problems. I'm sure some of the customers that we work with probably deal with that. But what about you? It sounds like that's got to be an issue. I would think noise would be very distracting if a unit's loud or whatever. It can be, but I think a lot of people don't understand there's ways of controlling that or conditioning. And that's all part of sort of the overall integrated design, which I see trends a lot, like where our conversation here is turning more towards people. And it is designing buildings for people, not buildings to be controlled, but to be controlled to the benefit of people. Yeah, well said. With that, what about sort of the daytime and nighttime cycle, circadian rhythms? We talked a little bit about that. Yeah, hospitals have been aware of this for a long time, Bill. This gets back to sort of the tuning of the light and sort of integrating the lights in with your BAS system or your heating and air conditioning. So, you know, our bodies, if you think about it, I mean, our bodies, when the sun comes out, we typically want to get up unless we've been out partying a lot. And, you know, when it gets dark outside, we typically get tired, right? And so our bodies are sort of tuned to what they call circadian rhythms, which are natural rhythms that take place. They can be triggered by light. So again, the hospitals for years have used this as a way to speed a process up by maybe running through faster circadian rhythms so your body gets tricked into feeling like, well, it's been resting for a couple of months versus a couple of weeks. 
So more and more sort of controls engineers are figuring out, I mean, the folks at Acuity are really good at this, sort of figuring out how that can play into having a better environment. You hit the nail on the head, Bill, which is really and truly, and this is for your community and my community, the owners are thinking about having it be a better environment. They are starting to compete for space and tenants coming in. So they want their environment to be more pristine. So if you can shift the conversation to what kind of experience do you want your tenants to have and what do you need to have them be more inclined to stay with you versus go someplace else, you're going to change the conversation from your Joe's price is less than mine. I got to come down to my price or whatever. And to me, that's really where the game is shifted now is you're going to have to change your conversations. That's very interesting. We covered so much ground today, Eric. How about leaving our listeners with a closing thought and then a way to reach you or to tune in to all these great pieces of content that you have going? Oh, well, thanks, Bob. Appreciate it so much. So stromquest.com is my distributorship. Controltrends.com is where you can keep up with Control Trends There's what's going on. We have a very active YouTube channel, which is Control Trends, the Smart Buildings YouTube channel. You can get all those links through controltrends.com. And my leading thought, this is kind of how we end our show every week on Control Talk Now, the Smart Buildings videocast and podcast, which is remember, be bold, stay in control, and stay relevant. Awesome. <laughs> that is a really great way. I mean, it does make me smile. I'm smiling this big, broad smile here. Awesome. Well, Eric, thank you so much for coming on. And my listeners, I want you to tune into Eric's, uh, Eric's podcast and his video and look at some of the resources he provides out there. And, and I'll be recording with them soon. And you can look to hear my golden tones, if you consider them that, on his show. So thanks again, Eric. Bill, thank you so much. Appreciate you, buddy. And you do have those golden tones, buddy. <laughs> thank you. Okay. <laughs> Be good. We'll catch you later. Oh, thank you. Hope you enjoyed that podcast with Eric Stromquist of Control Talk Now Podcast. You can find other trade-oriented podcasts if you haven't heard the word podcast enough already today or at the moment, as uh, the bluecollarroots.com, Blue Collar Roots Network, which this podcast is part of. Tool Pro, Service Business Mastery, and the HVAC School, HVACR School, are all part of that network, the Blue Collar Roots Network. I also host the ResTalk podcast, where you can learn more about residential energy ratings. That's ResTalk, T-A-L-K. You can look that up in your favorite podcast app. If you like what you heard today and you've not subscribed to the podcast, please consider doing so by typing Building HVAC Science in the search bar in any of the podcast services that you use. Please subscribe. And if you get a chance to give a review, that would also be fantastic. You can follow us on the Building HVAC Science Facebook page by typing Building HVAC Science into the search bar. Here's a quote related to our episode today. It's by Jimmy Dean. I can't change the direction of the wind but I can adjust my sales to always reach my destination. I think part of adjusting your sales is keeping informed. And that's what Eric and his buddy Ken Smyers are trying to do by producing their Control Talk Now podcast. Some of the topics we discuss require technical training for proper interpretation or execution, safe execution. So if you're trained pro, go right ahead. If you're not, please consult with and hire a pro. The Building HVC Science Podcast is a production of True Tech Tools Limited. I'm a co-owner of True Tech Tools, and the opinions voiced are those of my guests or myself, depending on who's speaking, of course. 
you're in the market for some of the tools or test instruments mentioned in our podcast, take a look at what truetechtools.com has to answer. That's T-R-U-T-E-C-H-T-O-O-L-S.com. You can use the HVACBS code for a nice discount. I want to thank you for listening today. Again, encourage you to subscribe or to review us. And thanks again. You can also reach out to me at bill at truetechtools.com if you would like to send us ideas for future episodes or give me some feedback on the podcast. Just be sure to put podcast in the subject line. All right. Thanks again, everyone. Have a wonderful day. And thank you for listening to the Building HVAC Science Podcast.